0: The GameCube GameCube. was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert.
1: So, Mike, yeah, this week I've been listening to a lot of Bowling for Soup. And I got to say, they're probably the official band of the 2000s because they had all of these. They did a bunch of theme show songs. Like, they did the theme show for Jimmy Neutron. They did the theme show song for uh, Phineas and Ferb. They're also in a whole bunch of movies from when we were kids. But I was just thinking, like, do you know anybody that's been to a Bowling for Soup concert?
2: (laughs) When you said that, I was thinking of Bowling for Soup as the official band of (laughs) LimeWire.
1: Yeah, because every single one of their songs was either, like— like all of their songs were like everywhere and written by other bands or whatever. Yeah, it was
2: always incorrectly
1: yeah. attributed to them. It's Always simple plan <laughs> songs like 1985, simple plan. Nope.
2: Or Stacy's mom was bowling for soup. They did a cover of
1: that song though. I think,
2: <laughs> I, I know. I think they did it because of the LimeWire's wires. That's hilarious. I was
1: wondering why they covered that one. That's really funny.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, to answer your, your, very important and topical question mm-hmm. uh, that if uh, anyone I know has been to a bowling for soup concert, I would say no.
1: Yeah, I've never known uh, anybody that's been like, yeah, I saw Bowling for Soup last week. Like it never happened. I, I don't
2: think I, I don't think I've ever seen them come like No, that's the uh, other thing. They've places. <laughs> ne- no, never been
1: advertised in Toronto from what I can remember. I feel like I would have heard about it. Like I'm I, I like them. They, they seem like funny. They'd be funny to see cuz they're kind of a mix of like Blink-182 and no NoFX. Mm-hmm. so i feel like they'd be a lot of fun to see live but never had the opportunity to they're from pretty far away right they're from texas i think
2: i feel so, yeah, yeah that's right mm-hmm. i feel like they're like a, a festival band you know yeah you want to uh, see like them the with only perform at festivals. yeah you
1: want to see them with other bands from that era that like if they're like the headliner of another like a whole bunch of other maybe c-level bands b and c-level bands i think i'd be into <laughs> that for like 40 bucks
2: yeah yeah i agree
1: <laughs> yeah that was just my thought process this week was i've been listening to a lot of bowling for soup and i literally know no one who's ever seen them live I mean,
2: there's probably a ton of Bowling for Soup songs on GameCube games. You know, like there's a ton on Maybe. NHL games, Madden games. Yeah. That's what uh, probably I'm saying on some of the MLB games. That's what I'm
1: saying. Like, the, if go back into their catalog, they have a, so many singles, and they're in a bunch oh, of yeah. movies. Like, they're the official band, the unofficial band of 2000s. Like, they're in everything.
2: And just the unofficial band of 2000s and the official band of Limewire. Yes, and the official band of the GameCube is cool podcast. No, that's not. true. That's not true at all. I think Finger from, Eleven. Finger is, Eleven. Is, uh... <laughs> it's between Finger Eleven and the Zambonis
1: oh yeah that's true good point <laughs> yeah mike some big news this week i just want to say little nightmares 2 has hit one million players and i would like to say i take full responsibility
2: what does that mean like one like like one million have people have all one million people who have played that game personally like... no i have not met all okay. one million people they
1: i have received a lot of dms uh no uh i just saw it on my nintendo news.com that uh the, the game has hit one million players that's of course across all platforms but that, sure. that's pretty sweet that's a lot of people yeah for an indie mm-hmm. game, that's that's huge. Yeah, just a little small news snippet there since we covered Little Nightmares 2 last week, and that's mm-hmm.
2: probably the last time I will talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but you did enjoy the game, so everyone Loved out it. there, pick up Little Nightmares 2 mm-hmm. if you can. And of course, Little Nightmares 1, the original. Yes,
1: both games are very good, uh, easy to play. Uh, you can definitely beat them both in a weekend. So that's what I have to say about that. Mike, how <laughs> come on every single residential street, there's a
2: house always
1: throwing away a couch?
2: There's always a house throwing away a couch, and somehow that couch always gets picked up. That's I think the crazy. I think that's even more crazy than the fact that someone is always throwing it out. Like Mm -hmm. I, I don't think a couch has ever been outside for more than like two days without it being picked up. Never.
1: And there's always this house on my street. They're about three doors down from me, and every single week, every other week, sorry, because in our neighborhood garbage is every two weeks. It's weird. Uh, They they are always throwing away couches, and I don't know where these couches are coming from, how, how many rooms they have, when they're getting new couches, but they seem to always be throwing away furniture of some kind, and a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like where are they getting this
2: where are they getting this used furniture? It's
1: crazy. I don't I don't understand the cycle of constantly throwing away furniture. My family, once a year, there's like a chair at the end of our driveway and that's it. But for some yeah. reason there's one house in every single neighborhood I've ever been in that's always throwing away large pieces of furniture.
2: Because <laughs> you think the only time you would do that is when you move. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like Or but renovating. Uh, but yeah. like I have a good story about that, Neil, actually. Oh. When I was living with friend of the show, Harrison. Uh, we lived on a very busy street Mm -hmm. in London, Ontario, and we, when we were moving out, you know, we lived with five guys, we had a lot of crap and we had a lot of furniture that was, you know, hand hand me, down, hand me downs, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And we were getting rid of it all. And the, the, at the rate that people picked up our stuff Mm -hmm. that we put out was astonishing. It was within minutes, Neil. Yeah. Minutes. It's wild. We would see people pull over in their truck, you know, and they would look. At the furniture for a while. and thinking, can I put this in the truck? Yes. Mm-hmm. And my favorite story from all this has got to be when we threw out some of Harrison's old clothes. A big bag of his old clothes. And we also threw out um, the dehumidifier old 70s dehumidifier we had in the basement okay and, and these two guys uh come walking up the street and <laughs> they see the bag and the dehumidifier and they start trying on harrison's clothes what? <laughs> on the street oh my god <laughs> and they're checking them out they're like oh this feels pretty nice and so they take the bag and mind you i should have said the dehumidifier uh, broken. It doesn't have the back to it. <laughs> you know the where the where it collects the yeah, water. Yeah, the right? tank is
1: gone. Yeah,
2: yeah, the, the tank is gone. And this thing is heavy. Mm-hmm. It's an old. Wood seventies, you know, dehumidifier. A wooden dehumidifier. Where's the <laughs> logic in that? And and so this the these this the other guy who's not carrying hair since big bag of clothes proceeds to carry the broken no tank dehumidifier <laughs> wherever he was going. These, these are the Cramers of the current the
1: modern day, just picking up whatever's <laughs> free.
2: Uh, my, my dad was there helping us move and he was just laughing so hard it's, when he saw.
1: It's wild, you know. but it's true. Like people do come and pick up anything. That's why I'm always constantly. I'm just amazed when like some kids will leave their bikes like on the front lawn or on the boulevard. Like you were playing with fire doing that because those are going to get picked up. And that happens. Like I'm a part of our neighborhood Facebook group. And occasionally it's like, oh no, you know, my kid left a, my kid left their bike on the front lawn and now it's gone. I was like, that's a scrapper. Someone took that. Like they're, they've melted it <laughs> down to make something else.
2: It's like in Trailer Park Boys when uh, Ricky uh, is like, well, as long as anything's at the curb, uh, we can pick it up. And so he he starts taking all the barbecues to the curb (laughs) (laughs) and then like waits two seconds and then takes
1: it. It's kind of, it is the unwritten rule. Like if it's at the curb, it's totally fair game. I'm just amazed at the houses, again, circling back to the beginning of the houses that can maintain this schedule of throwing away large ticket items on a biweekly basis. It's incredible to me
2: uh neil what does biweekly mean does bi- every is other bi-weekly week. see is it every other week or is it twice in the same week
1: no i mean like every single every time i get i just go by paychecks and my paychecks say bi-weekly and that means every second friday
2: yeah but but what if what if you're saying like you know like yeah what like, what happens if
1: some what do you call it when something happens twice a week i think this is a poll neil oh well that, that <laughs> i don't know if that's a poll because we don't have an option b now <laughs> no
2: well the option option a is bi-weekly um every two weeks mm-hmm. Option B is biweekly, twice in the same week.
1: Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying, but now I need to know what is the term for the opposite. So if biweekly, oh, if bi-weekly does mean twice a week, what does every other week, every other week mean?
2: Write us, a DM us, uh, let us know. Yeah, because we don't know. I, I don't I don't
1: have a term for something that happens twice a week. I just say frequently at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of writing into us, Mike, I think it's time for our new favorite segment. What do you think?
2: I think it's time for the mailbag.
1: Mail Ladies and gentlemen, leave us a review or rating on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or the podcast service of your choice, and we will read them on the podcast. Mike, I
2: think I've read the last few. Did you want to read one today? Sure. This one comes to us all the way from Australia. Good day, Mike. Which is pretty awesome. Again, you know, Neil and I have said multiple times already, but it's crazy that people even listen to us from London, England, let alone Australia, even, you know, like... 20 hours away by playing as i've said before i struggle to get my mom to listen so yes (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) just unbelievable and um so this first one comes to us or this only one comes to us from tristan from australia who says i have only just recently gone into collecting gamecube games in fact your first episode released the same week i grabbed my console and a few games thanks for the show and bringing a smile to my face by bringing a bit of comfort during the work keep it up tristan Thank you so much,
1: Tristan. That's very sweet. That's very serendipitous that we uh we happen to launch the the uh the show right as you picked up your console. Welcome to the GameCube community. It's a fun time, a lot of great games.
2: And uh, It feels like a lot of people like that, mm. like it seems to have coincided I think mostly with the pandemic and lockdown and everything. Yeah. People have gotten more into collecting and remembering how much fun it is to play a lot of these games so as we did which is one of the reasons why we uh started this podcast exactly
1: i actually find it really funny when i hear people who pick up like they say hey i just picked up a wii what gamecube games do you guys recommend i pick up <laughs> <laughs> which is very the GameCube funny gamecube slim the gamecube slim indeed tristan thank you so much for the review and i can't help but be reminded of the triforce because of your name t-r-i and i know triforce. i was also thinking that It was fate. It was fate, because ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 41 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. Visit thegamecubewascool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. Listen. That's him. If you would like to support the show, you can find a link to our Patreon page on our website as well. Every dollar helps us grow the show. Supporters at the $5 or above level get their names read in the credits at the end of the show, and we'll also be able to submit an option to uh, give us an opening topic for the show, kind of like what we just talked about today. So go on over there and support us if you can. Last week, we covered tactical and RTS games on the Cube. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are covering the Legend of Zelda collections, specifically Ocarina of Time and the Ocarina of Time Master Quest. As well as the Legend of Zelda: The Collector's Edition. These are two very big titles on the GameCube. We're super excited to talk about it. And later on, uh, in a few minutes, actually, we'll be joined by a friend of the show, Cam, who is a Twitch streamer here in Toronto. But mm-hmm. but first, Mike, let's talk a little bit about our own history with Zelda. So uh, I can't believe
2: we've we've lasted forty episodes without talking about <laughs> Zelda. Neil. Well,
1: we've talked about Zelda, but we haven't covered any <laughs> Zelda games yet. This was the thing of GameCube is that there were no Zelda games until almost halfway through the generation, really, with Wind Waker. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, one of these games today that we're talking about is a pre-order bonus for Wind Waker. So it took a little while to get a Zelda game on the console. Um but yeah, uh Mike, take take us back a bit. Where where did you start with uh, Zelda? Did you play anything before the GameCube? because uh, you so, had a Game Boy, so
2: Yes. Uh it's so it's funny because my actual history with Zelda all comes back to the collector's edition of, of Zelda, which I owned uh, very luckily, my parents bought a GameCube. I guess in November of two thousand and two, right? Two thousand three, whenever, right before Wind Waker. So I guess November two thousand two. Yep. Um, and uh, it, we got the I got that the collection mm-hmm. uh, that had Ocarina, Majora's Mask. Uh, I think Zelda one and two, yep. uh, as well as a twenty minute demo for mm-hmm. Wind Waker. And that's basically how I got into Zelda and kept up with Zelda because I didn't buy Wind Waker, or I didn't have Wind Waker, I think until 2006 or 2007 when the Wii came out. Oh, remember wow. my uncle got it for me, <laughs> I think, thinking that the GameCube was still, like, going strong. It was. Like, oh. it was. <laughs> <laughs> because I got Twilight Princess that same, the year before, okay. so it would have been 2007 I got Wind Waker. Right. And so I thought, they. I guess they were like, this is the newest Zelda game, right? Wind Waker. Probably.
1: A lot of confusion there. Yeah, definitely. And
2: for me, I had already... In my mind, I had already d- beaten Wind Waker because I played that demo on the Collector's Edition so much. I mm-hmm. must have put 100 hours. Like, I, I'm not even joking. Like I, I must have put so many hours into playing Wind Waker on the demo disc. Even though it was the, uh, the
1: demo disc, which uh, it was 20-minute bytes of the game, basically, right? Like, correct.
2: And and there was three instances where you could start from... I, I, I kind of forget them right now, yeah. but there's the, you could start from the island. You could start from, I think, in the jail um, and okay. you can start from somewhere else later in the game mm-hmm. and I, uh, and it's kind of cool because it is just 20 minutes that they give you, yep. but if you're a good Zelda player, you can get through those 20 minutes pretty fast and you can, you know, or get through the levels pretty fast mm-hmm. in those 20 minutes and, um, you could get a good chunk of the game done. Yeah.
1: Not a lot of it because the GameCube version is a lot of sailing. That was a, an issue. We're going to talk about Wind Waker a lot yes. more next week, so let's save it for <laughs> next week. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's a very good an amazing disc really to get as a gift to, oh to have you, so you got the one with zelda 1 2 uh ocarina of time and majora's mask right you didn't get the yes. master quest
2: no and i got played it. ocarina so ocarina was actually the first game i played on that collector's edition okay uh because i think someone whether it was a cousin or a friend um came over when i got it you know when i got the gamecube at christmas mm-hmm. and they wanted to play Ocarina or they wanted to see what Ocarina looked like on the GameCube and for me I didn't even know what Ocarina was I didn't know it was a a game at all for the N64 I just <laughs> thought this was just like a bunch of Zelda games that they put together mm-hmm. that were just new releases makes sense yeah and so I played I think all of Ocarina and beat it on that game cuz I never owned the N64 and I never obviously played you hate it you hate the because i hate it <laughs> i eventually bought ocarina again 3d version mm-hmm. um for for the 3ds and i got majora's mask 3d version for the 3ds mm-hmm. uh, majora's mask i remember i remember having a a, a really really tough time with it yeah. and i remember actually uh going as so far to get maybe ask for the manual or for the um the the game guide for christmas right because it was crazy to be, and playing it again this week it is insane neil how does a kid beat that game
1: i don't know going back to majora's mask without <laughs> so try going back to majora's mask without the internet it's ins- it's incredibly <laughs> difficult even yeah. i didn't play majora's mask until way later i was in college uh i can talk a little bit about my history with zelda but yeah just- yeah please. yeah um so i i have memories of a link to the past on super nintendo that's as far back as i go because we own that's good yeah so we owned the super <laughs> nintendo and my brother played it even though he never actually i don't think he knew how to play zelda i think he just knew how to chop bushes
2: <laughs> is that really is, is there anything more to that Neil it's though such a
1: fun <laughs> it's such a fun game to just destroy bushes in that game you just collect Ruby yeah. we thought it was just a Ruby collecting game I think like I don't have any memory of him playing a dungeon or fighting bosses actually I do remember him fighting the the worm boss where the worm kind of gets longer and gets faster I do remember that but other than that I just remember him fighting like bees that came out of bushes and then doing spin attacks to slash nine bushes at once or whatever it was so that's really my earliest memory of Zelda and then took a break from the franchise for a very long time I didn't play any of the N64 ones when I was playing N64 and then on GameCube didn't play Wind Waker or Twilight Princess again until way later so once I got back into video game collecting in 2013-2014 that summer, I bought, I bought Ocarina of Time, I bought Twilight Princess, I bought Wind Waker, and get them all done. I got them, I'm banging them <laughs> out one at a time, and I was buying them on N64 and GameCube on the actual platforms. None of the remakes yeah. were out yet. And then, actually, funny story that my birthday that year, I asked for Majora's Mask on N64, and my sister, who my family are not into video games the same way we are, uh, they they. You know, they think it's funny that I have a podcast and that I play these games, but they don't really know like how to buy games or what to ask for when they're looking for games. So in 2015, I guess it was, my sister went to an EB Games, which is our GameStop here in Canada, and (laughs) asked them if they had a copy of the N64 cartridge of Majora's Mask. And the person just, you know, she told the story. She's like, they laughed at me. Uh, yeah. and she ended up buying it on eBay, and I got it. But so uh, yeah, that's kind of my. It's <laughs> really
2: funny. It's, it, I was like, you asked for this at EV Games. <laughs> You're like, I would have also laughed.
1: I, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But uh, and then shortly after that, they announced the um, the uh, the remake on 3DS, which I also yeah. bought. That. So yeah, I mean, since then I've played all the 3D Zelda games. I've played a few of the 2D games. Um, I, I much I'm much more of a 3D Zelda guy. Uh, I think that. You are too, just judging by your stories. So I thought, Mike, it would be kind of fun to just talk a little bit about the 3D Zelda games first up because it's fun to rank these games because there aren't that many. There's only six 3D Zelda games.
2: Yeah, kind of like what we did with Mario Sunshine episode, you know, mm-hmm. ranking those 3D Mario games. I think there's also six uh, 3D Mario games, so.
1: Yeah, it worked out really well. And if you're listening to this episode the week it goes live, go on over to Instagram. We have our poll where we're ranking all the Zelda games to see what the listeners think. And then we'll, uh, next week, we'll have the results. So, uh, Mike, why don't we go through, let's start with your number six, so that your least
2: favorite uh, 3D Zelda game, what would yours be? It's got to be Skyward Sword. And, mm-hmm. not you know, I don't, it's not like I don't love that game. It's just that uh, it doesn't work well on the Wii no. <laughs> and playing it on the Wii. And that's why I'm excited for the re- the re- uh, remaster that's coming out mm. for the Switch, That where I don't have to use motion controls. Yeah. Uh, but I think also I just wasn't captured by the story, by the the essence of the game, I guess. Mm. And I think I was kind of also out of video games when I played it. I played it at um, in Res, actually, when I was in university. Mm. Uh, Jake, a uh, friend of the show, Jake, had it. And so we played it in our, in our room. And it was... Fun, but it it didn't capture that same, you know, imagination that I had playing Majoras or uh, Wind Waker or Ocarina.
1: So I'm my number six is exact same as you, Skyward Sword. Played this one on Wii in college and I was super excited to pick it up, and none of it really captured me at all. I'm not gonna say none, but the boss fights weren't super fun to me. I hated motion controls on Wii at this point as well. The (laughs) graphics didn't look great. I was playing it on a high def TV and I could get what the art style was that they were going for. It was meant to be a watercolored sort of... Kind of between Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild, actually. I can kind of see how they combined the Wind Waker graphics and Skyward Sword graphics to come up with the Breath of the Wild art style. Mm -hmm. One thing that I did love about Skyward Sword was the music. The fully orchestrated soundtrack throughout the entire game is phenomenal. And the Wii game actually comes with that disc, which... Yeah, which uh, at least my copy did. And I had a laptop at the time, which I... I put it on my laptop, onto my iTunes, and listened to it at work. Just uh, it was so good. And then eventually got to go to the Zelda Symphony later on, a couple of years later, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Skyward Sword is by far a distant sixth in terms of 3D games. Mike, what's your number five favorite?
2: Number five is Ocarina for wow. me. Um, just and and again, these these next five are all very close. Mm-hmm. I would say you know they're all great games and amazing you know and influential games really. Mm-hmm. But for me, Ocarina just um, I think it's because I didn't grow up with it. Really, I played yeah. it with the GameCube, but uh, I didn't. It wasn't the same, I guess, as owning the N sixty four, playing on N sixty four for that that first time. Right. Uh, especially after playing two D Zelda games, I get why playing Ocarina and why Ocarina has like been a mainstay for everyone mm-hmm. uh, ever since then. I, I I think there's a lot of rose colored glasses with it for sure, but still.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a masterpiece. It ranks a little higher for me. So my number five is Twilight Princess on GameCube. Mm-hmm. I've also played the Wii U version. I have not played the Wii version of Twilight Princess and. This game, for me, it Twilight Princess feels like Ocarina of Time. It just doesn't feel as fun. It's very dark, yep. and I like that. But I just felt like you know the Hyrule Field felt kind of less inspired than Ocarina of Time. I felt like the dungeons were forgettable. I honestly yep. don't remember any of the boss fights from Twilight Princess, except mm-hmm. for the final Ganon fight, which was good. Um, but yeah, Twilight Princess, it is a good GameCube game. I think that's probably the best way to play it. I, it didn't really get any better on Wii U, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to play it on Wii, so definitely yep. pick up the GameCube version of Twilight Princess. But yeah, it, and like you said, these next five games, they're all very close. So yeah. yeah, but Twilight Princess is my number five.
2: So what is your number four? My number four is Twilight Princess. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just really switching it up there between, with yours. So obviously, again, very close together. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just really like that game mm-hmm. in terms of the aesthetic, uh, the, the wolf, you know, the uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, link wolf link uh, <laughs> that's what it's called uh, yeah. yeah i know I was, trying, I was like it's like is there a better name nope. no <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what wolf they link. call them i think <laughs> um honestly i don't have much to, yeah. to add other than uh, it's a great game i really enjoy it that's fine and we completely flip-flopped because my number four is ocarina of time <laughs>
1: there and <you> <laughs> again this ranks way lower than i'm sure most people would put ocarina of time but of the next three games we're going to be talking about i don't prefer ocarina of time to it i think the dungeons in ocarina of time are very good but the issue i have with Ocarina of Time is the combat in the game. I don't find it very fun. It's mostly just a hack and slash where if you just keep spamming A, you're going to kill the the enemy. Master Quest is a different story, which we're going to talk about later. But I just found that the combat in Ocarina of Time was not as fun as the next few games. And it is a long game. So if the combat isn't fun, it's not going to be as good, even though the puzzles do make up for that.
2: Now, Neil, I think the next three, we have the exact same list okay. here. Okay. So, why don't we go through the next three uh, together? Sure thing. So, my number three is Majora's Mask. And same here? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's such a unique take on the game and uh or unique take on the franchise let's just say Mm -hmm. and so interesting so dark so weird and uh, really pushing the boundaries by creating just a completely memorable experience exactly i flip
1: i change my opinion on this every day if you ask me what my second favorite zelda game is i'll always flip-flop between this one and the next one i'm going to talk about i love majora's mask i have a majora's mask hat that i wear everywhere and it gets recognized which is the best thing ever i bought this toque from when i worked at eb games I bought this just purple Majora's Mask hat. If you again, if you follow us on Instagram, you might see a picture of it every so often. But everywhere I go, if it's a concert, if I'm going skating, like the the person letting me in at the door is always like, "Dude, sick hat!" And like <laughs> that emblem is just so yeah, it's it's so nostalgic. It's just iconic to the Zelda franchise. Um, I love so, purple too. I'm a big purple fan. Me too. The purple and gold is so nice. But it's yeah, so nice. Majora's Mask is a beautiful game. The story is like you said, super dark and. With Ocarina of Time, I felt like the dungeons were better than in Majora's Mask, but Majora's Mask, the overworld itself is a dungeon because, like you said, it's impossible to know really what's going on unless you had a guide or the internet, which is not common in most games where you don't know what to do like, based on what's happening in the story because it's constantly a three-day cycle, resetting. You have to know how that works. And yeah, super interesting idea that they have never gone back to. I'm not so sure that they will. But yeah, Majora's Mask, my number three, locking it in
2: number two for me and you as well as wind waker mm-hmm. uh which we don't need to talk about because we're going to have a whole <laughs> massive yeah. episode on that yeah we're not going to talk week. about it so it's <laughs> you know tuned. wind waker it's great mm-hmm. yeah yes stay
1: tuned. stay tuned for next week and uh, for sure listen to our discussion on wind waker and why it's our number two my number one zelda 3d zelda game and actually my number one game of all time is breath of the wild
2: yeah i mean breath of the wild it's you know a flips the franchise on its head it's like well all these other games didn't matter look at this
1: (laughs) it it is true though like it's hard to go back to any other zelda game or not hard it's just different like when you play breath of the wild for me i played it for 200 hours and then this last week going back to play ocarina of time and now wind waker it it feels like a different franchise you know like they completely reinvented it in a good way i know that there's there's definitely cons to it like the world is empty and the voice acting is bad and whatnot but Just to play that game and to explore the massive world and to find secrets and look into the distance and you see that glowing shrine and you want to go explore it, but then you see something else off to the distance that takes you off. It's just such an amazing game that has to be explored by everybody, and I wish that I could just play that game for the first time again, but
2: (laughs) can't do it. Well, that was our ranking of 3D Zeldas, Mm. Um, but joining us today on the podcast is friend of the show, Cam, and Cam has an amazing uh, Twitch stream currently, Seapox, I love watching it, (laughs) and he is a huge Zelda fan, and that's why we have him on the episode today, and now Cam, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to have to ask you to rank your 3D Zelda games, I know, they're all so good, but... <laughs> you give me a where rank. does
1: Link's crossbow training rank?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one playthrough of Link's crossbow training in high school. Uh, okay, <laughs> Ocarina of Time has to—it's slightly f- ahead of Breath of the Wild. And I, well, I won't go too far into it, but I know people have mixed feelings because Breath of the Wild doesn't feel like a Zelda game, but I love it. Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, Majora's Mask edges out uh Twilight Princess because of the nostalgia. So Majora's Mask and sure. third, Twilight Princess in fourth, Wh- Wind Waker is 3D, right? <laughs> yes. Wind Waker, yeah. <laughs> Skyward Sword. And I, I don't hate Skyward Sword. I love all the Zelda games. We do. But I kind of hate <laughs> Skyward Sword.
2: But I am excited about the remake because i think that might actually fix a lot of my issues with it yes. mainly the motion controls yes
1: i'll i'll <laughs> borrow it from you mike i'm not spending money on that game yeah. again i was burned <laughs> once i got a good soundtrack out of it i got the orchestra on cd so i'll take that and run but they need to tighten up a lot to make that game worth a 79.99 mm-hmm. price tag for me. I really hate that argument about Breath of the Wild that it doesn't it shouldn't rank in the 3D or in Zelda rankings because it's not technically a mm. Zelda game. I've heard that before that it's like it's different so it doesn't count. No, no, it counts. Oh, yeah. Like it's just <laughs> It's it's different but it's 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 a damn Zelda game it's in the title so
2: Yeah I mean you could argue Majora's Mask isn't a Zelda mm. game then because of how different that is compared yeah, to other games exactly right? so, just because
1: yeah. you're not collecting you know six things and then three pieces of a triforce <laughs> and then fighting Ganon at the end doesn't mean it's not a Zelda game it's just you got to the same ending just a different story throughout it But yeah, let's just go back a little bit before we jump into these games, a little history about Zelda. So we didn't really talk much about 2D Zeldas or the early games, but Zelda first uh, came out on February 21st, 1986, on the Famicom disk system in Japan. Uh, The cartridge version for Americans came out um, in August 27th, uh, 1987. Uh, and since then, there are 26 official Zelda games. Um, that does not include spinoffs, uh, but it does include remakes. So if right. there's 26 Zelda games out there, the entire franchise to this day has sold approximately 90 million copies across all platforms. Wow. Uh, best-selling one being uh, Breath of the Wild. So, ha, Aha. it is a Zelda game. And it sold uh, <laughs> 22 million units uh, compared to the worst-selling Zelda game, which is Four Swords Adventure on GameCube, which only sold about 400,000 copies. So I think it's clear to say that uh, people don't like Zelda.
2: <laughs> <laughs> seems like it 90 million people are wrong and as one of those 90 million people cam what is the history for you with zelda where did this all begin mm-hmm.
0: the first game i can remember playing legend of zelda a link to the past and nice. yeah just like on on the super nintendo luckily for me i i missed the original zelda on NES because that might have just ruined the whole series for me for my whole life uh, because of the difficulty. Ocarina of Time's the first, it's gotta be the first 3D game I played. That,
1: that's a good That's a good jump off point for 3D games because it's fairly intuitive because they have the lock on targeting in Ocarina of Time, which really helped. Mm-hmm. That's just a good game overall. Um, I'm in the same boat as you with the NES games. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit later when we get onto the collections. Uh, but I, I was saying to Mike up front that uh, Link to the Past was my first Zelda game as well. And that was just a complete landscaping simulator <laughs> for me because I loved just <laughs> whacking bushes in that game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I mean that that set. I guess that set the tone for my my life. But you know, um, my family mm-hmm. was a Nintendo family growing up. Like we got each new Nintendo console. That's it. No other no other types. So Same yeah, here. exactly. Yep. So we got Ocarina. I still remember nice. the day my my mom introduced, or I guess yeah, introduced Majora's Mask to us. Just whipped out this gold cartridge and it was like, <gasps> and you know what? Ooh, I, did, I was scared of Majora's Mask the first time I played through it. It's a scary game for like a I don't know. 10, eight or ten-year-old or whatever I was. So, yeah. And from there, it's just each new Nintendo came with a new Zelda and just kept on with that up until uh, last mm-hmm. year, I got the Triforce tattooed on my arm to show my allegiance. Wow.
2: Love it, love it.
0: Cool, love that.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, every single Nintendo hardware has had its own Zelda game, with the exception of the Virtual Boy and the Wii U. Every other console, uh, handheld and home console, has had an original Zelda game.
2: Well, Wii U had Breath
1: of the Wild. But that's not an original, it didn't have its own Zelda game. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, like, it had Wind Waker HD, it had Twilight Princess HD, and then it had uh, Breath of the Uh, Wild, which was also on Switch. But it doesn't have this Zelda game, so it, I mean, technically, yes, it does, but...
2: Because, yeah, like, Wii had Skyward Sword, which was only on Wii. Right, Wii
1: U didn't have that Skyward Sword basically to bridge the gap, but it is the one that you can play I think the most uh, Zelda games on, um, which is funny because on Wii U you can play like all of the NES, SNES, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and then the GameCube games on Wii U, so you can actually play the most Zelda games on that console. Which before the Wii U, that console was actually the GameCube because with the power of the GameCube, you had these collector's editions with the Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Zelda One and Two, and then with the Game Boy Player and the Game Boy Advance Player, you could play Minish Cap, Four Swords, and then the Game Boy games, Link's Awakening, and uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons. So it's it's uh, the GameCube was the perfect platform to play Zelda games, and now I think it's probably a good time to discuss the first game on our list today. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm cool.
1: Alright, so the first one we have is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and the Ocarina of Time Master Quest, which was released on February 28th, 2003, developed and published by Nintendo. It's only on GameCube, but you can play it on Wii. If you wanted to pick it up today, it's around $90, and uh, it rates, obviously, about 9 to 10 out of 10, because you're playing Ocarina of Time, what most consider the best Zelda game of all time. And The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Master Quest Edition was actually a pre-order bonus, which came if you bought The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker in 2002 in Japan and North America. It was also included in GameCube bundles worldwide. And it was actually funny because a lot of people pre-ordered uh, Wind Waker just to get this, and then canceled their pre-orders. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> which was great. Uh, it was also uh, it was also if you owned um, or if you were a member of uh, Nintendo magazines and clubs, they made this disc uh, special
2: incentive as well. Now, Cam, do you have any experience with the Master Quest version of this?
0: Ah, uh, you know, I'm I'm embarrassed. I I don't think I ever experienced the Master Quest.
1: I I have some experience with it because I picked up... I don't have either of these GameCube games, but I do have the Ocarina of Time 3D uh, on the 3DS, which Mm -hmm. has... You can switch between Ocarina of Time and Ocarina of Time Master Quest. And it's basically the same game again. Um, The only difference is that the dungeons have been rearranged. So all the puzzles are different, and the enemies are also a lot stronger. So in the original Ocarina of Time game, if you get hit by, like, a keese, which is the bat... You, you might lose like a quarter or a half of a heart. If you get even flicked by a bat in this game, you lose a full heart. <laughs> oh, so damn. I was playing the Great Deku Tree last night, getting ready for the podcast, and I was dying constantly. Because you have, <laughs> oh, to, be, no. you have to be smart with dodging attacks, shielding, attacking at the right moment, or else you're going to die super fast. So anybody who's a fan, and I hate making this comparison to Dark Souls, but if you like those <laughs> games where you have to be smart with parrying and timing your attacks and not going in running and gunning, or with a sword and a slingshot, uh, you're gonna love the master quest because it's frustrating as hell.
2: Yeah, because isn't um, there? There's like a master quest kind of version for Breath of the Wild, isn't there?
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because I've. Been loving telling everyone I am playing Breath of the Wild on Master Mode, and boy, is it frustrating as hell!
1: So the Master Quest idea was first included in the original Zelda game, where you play the game again with again rearranged dungeons, same overworld. The game is just harder. They don't do it with every Zelda game. I don't actually know a ton about the Breath of the Wild version, though. What's the difference in that one?
0: Yeah, the the main difference that I've found so far: the enemies, of course, are are tougher. They do more damage, and also the the most the single most annoying thing about it is that they passively regenerate their health. Oh. So if you attack them and then you know say oh. hypothetically run and hide, <laughs> they will start healing like hmm. sometimes more quickly than you can hurt them. Right. Oh, God. So I've been doing a lot of running away. Those keys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I run. I run from keys.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is the, these master mode or the master quests make the originally just laughed at enemies. You make you scared, like you're scared of mm-hmm. them. For me, Breath of the Wild would have been made a lot harder if they just turned the rain on at all times. <laughs> I <laughs> hated the rain. <laughs> I hated the rain in Breath of the Wild, dude. It would have made it so much more difficult if they just flicked that on for the entire game, yep. beat the game in the oh, rain. Boy. That's the master quest. Uh, that's brilliant.
2: But, you know, let, let's, talk, let's talk just Ocarina in general for a sure, bit here. Yeah. So obviously, Ocarina is, you know, usually, like Neil said, considered one of the best, if not the best Zelda game. And, and I for ta- some, the best game of all time, too. Oh, oh, yeah. And, like, I talked a little bit about Ocarina before you came on, Cam. For my listing, I actually have Ocarina way down at fifth out of six for the 3D Interesting. Zelda. Not because mm-hmm. I don't like it. I think it's a great game. I just, there's so many other great Zelda games as well, right? Mm-hmm. So they're all very close together. But for me, I think because I didn't have an N64, because I didn't play it after playing 2D Zelda games, I didn't have that, like, wow factor when mm-hmm. I first saw it. Which I'm sure you probably had when you first right. played Ocarina.
0: Yeah, I feel like if we if I try to look at it objectively, nostalgia definitely plays a big role sure. in, in ranking it so high. So yeah, I, I can I you know what, I forgive you. <laughs> I understand. I
1: understand. <laughs> it ranks a little bit higher for me. I ranked it at number four. I played this game in 2012, I want to say. I bought it after my first year in college when I was just getting back into games. I was telling Mike as well that I bought like every Zelda game, just one after the other. That's all I was playing. So I don't have crazy nostalgia for Ocarina of Time because I didn't play Zeldas in the N64 generation. I was mostly playing...
2: Mostly Pokemon
1: Snap. (laughs) Mostly Pokemon Snap, which I'll be playing this year when the new one comes out. Um, But it is a very well-designed game. The overworld cannot be understated just how many games that it influenced, clearly, uh, after it came out. For me, the problem with Ocarina of Time is that the overworld is almost always empty. And the puzzles in it, though, it's the dungeons, man. The the dungeons in that game are so well thought out and creative and you just want to explore them all. The puzzles all make sense other than the ones that are just like, shoot the eye, which is not (laughs) a puzzle. (laughs) Um, That's not a puzzle. It's not a puzzle at all. But even the boss fights in the game are super fun. Like, just to see these massive monsters that you could really... Just to try and put your brain into a 1998 kid's head. Never seen like a giant dragon flying around in a volcano before like mm-hmm. that, which you can fight and shoot arrows at. So I think at that point, yeah, you can look at it in a 1998 sense and think it's a great game. I think going back to the N64 version in, in the 2020s is rough. It's mm. tough to look at Link with his triangle nose and his expressionless face. <laughs> But uh, playing true. it playing it on 3ds though, and I'm, I'm sure the GameCube one looks a little better too. The graphics are very nice on the uh, 3ds version.
0: Yeah, graph. Yeah, you're you're. I mean, you're 100 right. Yeah, it's the N60-
1: graphics. n64 graphics it's don't n64. age well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So.
0: yeah. Uh, I played it on stream this last year mm-hmm. on like the n64, and you know, I spent the whole time saying I love this game. I love this game. Mm-hmm. The graphics are a little like okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. yeah. But just it's it's 1998. Come on. Mm-hmm. But but it's not agreed, it's agreed, not now agreed.
1: though but but the controls do hold up very well like if you're playing even a game like today like The Witcher or Skyrim like it feels similar to Ocarina of Time like oh they're this,
2: clearly very influenced by Ocarina yeah
1: yeah like. <laughs> like they're tight controls like you know like if you die it's usually your fault like you don't feel like that the game cheated you because mm-hmm. you know there was a, a glitch like the, the frame rate drop almost never drops in the game except for like when there's a lot of fire on screen <laughs> but like the, if there's enemies on screen it's always okay and. The interesting part about the Master Quest, I don't know if you guys want to talk about this now, but it was meant to be an add-on or like a bonus disc, a bonus edition for, for the Nintendo 64 DD. Do you Cam, do you know anything about the 64 DD? Do you have one? I'm just going to ask that, which is a long shot.
0: A DD? I don't I don't even know what that would stand for. Interesting. So the
1: Yeah, it's the Nintendo 64, I'm assuming based on just your stories that you you were pretty big on the N64 mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yeah, yes. so this was this was it was stood for the Nintendo 64 Disk Drive. which was like a peripheral for the n64 Mm -hmm. picture like if an n64 and a vcr just kind of merged together
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah they literally have it on the bottom of the n64 Mm -hmm. it looks very clunky very weird and a lot of the games that were meant for the n64 dd because it kind of was a commercial failure Mm -hmm. ended up being gamecube games later on like Star Fox adventures eternal darkness uh, Mm -hmm. and then yeah the ocarina master Mm -hmm. quest
1: yeah, it was announced in 1995, so, like, with the announcement of the N64, it, it was announced to come out with the N64 at some point, and it eventually did in Japan in December of 1999, uh, and, yeah, it, it only ended up with uh, 10 games, so wow. uh, and uh, so it had games like a lot of Mario Paint and Mario Studio games, <laughs> like, a lot of them, and then, and then yeah, GameCube game Dosh and the Giant was supposed to be on there, um, an F-Zero expansion pack as well, Jeez. and then Ocarina of Time, the Master Quest.
2: No kidding. And there's
1: also going to be a Super Mario 64 2, <gasps> which obviously didn't come out. Yes, yeah, Super um, Mario
2: 128. Yeah.
1: What? Yeah, exactly. So a <laughs> bunch of these like little prototype games that never actually came out. So they had the ROM and everything ready to go for Ocarina of Time Master Quest. So it's cool that they got it out on GameCube at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I just Googled a picture of it, and boy, does that look
1: funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But your your
0: description is
2: exactly
1: on. Yeah. I I wrote down, picture a DVD player sucking the life out of a VCR and strapping
2: it to the bottom of an N64. That's basically what it looks like. So I guess, um, yeah, let's keep talking about Ocarina. So do you want to talk about a couple memories, a couple dungeons, a couple things that really stand out to you even to this day in Ocarina?
0: Oh, I mean, I think, yes. (laughs) First, I mean, I think I'll, I'll say the thing that everyone... Yeah, remembers about Ocarina of Time is the water temple. Yes, <laughs> just the worst temple. I'm gonna go ahead and say the worst temple in any game ever in history. <laughs> wow.
2: why are the water levels always so bad, Cam? Oh why in every in every game ever, the water levels are always I the, the know. levels you don't want to go to.
1: <laughs> I love that in Ocarina of Time, the water temple is like everyone's like the bane of everyone's existence. Like everyone who even says that Ocarina of Time is their favorite game, best game of all time. <laughs> But that water level temple <laughs> yeah. just can't get over it. And then the next Zelda game to come out after Ocarina, well, after Majora's Mask, was a game just water. <laughs> and yeah. Wind Waker. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I like to think that that was a subtle stab at everyone uh, just bashing the water temple. It is better in the 3DS version again. They reinvented it. I forget what they did now, though, but it was easier. I remember playing the water temple the first time around took me weeks to get through that Mm -hmm. as an adult. And then I played the Water Temple on 3DS and, you know, a day I was done it. So they did something different. But
0: yeah, the Water Temple is memorable in the wrong way. I don't know if it's the Water Temple itself that is the the bad thing or if it's like the memory of how bad the Water Temple was as a kid, like Mm -hmm. intimidated me when I played it as an adult. But it took me... I think two full streams to beat it, and I was so you know so frustrated. <laughs> Where
2: do I go? Where do I rate? Why
0: is the water up
2: here? What do I what do I do? Yeah, I was gonna say so. Cam for for anyone out there who somehow does not know about this terrible terrible water mm. temple, could you quickly explain why it's so frustrating and bad?
0: Okay, yeah. So <laughs> there's three levels, like three you know three floors in the temple, yeah. but you can only access the levels by raising and lowering the water levels. But there's there's one point on each level that you have to go to to raise the water. Mm. So they're hard to find. You don't know... I mean, at first, you don't know which one does what. You don't know where the water has to be to get to certain places. Mm. And then in the N64 version, there's this hidden passage under a floaty thing (laughs) that you can only see if the water's at the perfect level. And that took me hours to find. And I just... I, I hate it, but I love if it. If this
1: were more of a modern game, they definitely would have made that instead of a switch that you had to hit, it would have just been push the button and the water goes up and down. Like it would have been like yes. a, a spell or, <laughs> or something that, you know, play a, a song on your ocarina to raise the water. That would have been better if they had it yeah. uh, set up like that. But yeah, yeah, definitely considered one of the most frustrating. I don't know if it's the worst, but it's the most frustrating Zelda temple of all time without a, almost mm-hmm. every list you find. Well, did, did you have a favorite uh, temple in Zelda? Yeah. Um,
0: I, I remember my first, well, not, like, specifically, but I the feel of the forest temple the first time you enter it. It's, like, your first yeah. temple as an adult. The music and atmosphere is so, like, s- scary or eerie, I guess, but also, like, cool. Like, you're in a forest. Yeah. It's just, like, I think, the, I think the forest temple is frustrating, but I think that might be my favorite. Just, like, the layout, the puzzles, the the atmosphere. You're in, like, this overgrown temple in the middle of
1: the woods. Yeah. It's all overgrown and, like... Decaying, sort of, and that's actually got one of my favorite boss fights in the game, too. Is when that's when you fight Phantom Ganon, right? Yes. Yeah, that was really neat, uh, fighting him in and out of the photos. What's funny about that is that was sort of the original concept of Ocarina of Time, was before they knew what the power of the N64 really was, the whole idea of the game was Link would be in a castle the entire game and you jump in and out of paintings like. Mario 64. 64. Oh. That was oh the original point of the game. Yeah. And then when they found out, hey, wait, this, this console can actually power Hyrule Field? Let's do that instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. So this, <laughs> this fight against Ganon, which is super fun where he's jumping in and out of paintings and some of them are like kind of psych moves where he's not actually jumping mm-hmm. out at you. One of the best fights in the game. But the whole... The whole game was supposed to be like that at first, but they ended up switching at the last minute. My, my favorite temple Ooh, and pretty. boss fight of the game is the fire temple as a, yeah. adult link. I, I love dragons. Like, I love fighting dragons in video games. And the boss fight in that one where, you know, the, just, just giant dragon fighting you in a volcano is super fun. But every time mm-hmm. I play it, I love that boss fight.
2: I think the forest, uh, The like when you're talking about going to that forest for the first time, it does feel like you've made it. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's like okay, I'm here. This is this is the game. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> One
1: of the things that I would love in a Zelda game, and I don't know if they've done this really, would be to have the option to go back and just play the boss fights again because they are like the standout part of all the games. Really, is the boss fights, and it would, in a lot of the games, once you've beaten the bosses, that's it. You can't go back unless you restart the game. Except for in Majora's Mask, where since the days reset in most temples, I think the bosses all reset as well.
2: So that's kind of yeah. a way of getting around it, I suppose. But yeah. yeah, it's too bad. But I don't love in the GameCube, in the actual Master Quest, that it kind of still shows you the N64 HUD. Mm. And they do that for the Collector's Edition as well. Which is something I did not love and thought was a little lazy on their part. You know, they could have actually ported it correctly for the GameCube and made it so you actually see, like, the C-stick. Even though you don't like yeah. seeing the uh, controller HUD on the on the screen? No, but but if I want to see a controller HUD, I'd rather see my my actual <laughs> right. controller I'm what playing with. What is this with. three-pronged nightmare on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it's a little weird. Like, I was playing the like, Collector's Edition this week, and uh, I kept seeing, you know, because it's the N64 controller has the four... Uh, yellow kind of C stick buttons, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that felt a little weird seeing those four uh, from Majora's Mask constantly yeah. in my vision, rather than seeing uh, nothing or you know just just the the joystick mm-hmm. itself. It does run a
1: little bit better than the N sixty four version. It runs at sixty four times four eighty resolution, which is four times better than the original. So I think that the art style pops a little bit better in the GameCube version because yeah. the N sixty four it's going to look blurry not as powerful so that that was a good improvement the gamecube version also it was included a mini dvd which included trailers for wind waker metroid prime f-zero gx 1080 avalanche warrior world and a clip of link to the past on the gba so this was a neat little kit
2: to include yeah i saw that i was like oh that's kind of cool i i like that they actually included all these little movies uh did you watch any of them neil i watched some of them (laughs) it's
1: kind of funny i didn't i'm trying to remember now i think i watched the one for the other collection which is
2: sort of like a highlight reel of zelda games oh yeah so uh that one is actually kind of funny you know what this is a good time to go into that neil oh but first you have to read the back of the case all
1: right victor hit us with that jingle it's time to read what's on the back of the case
0: There's things written on the back of the case, let's read them! And now we're reading the back of the case.
1: The Rebirth of a Legend, and a True Heroes Challenge. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, considered by many to be the best adventure ever created, arrives on the Nintendo GameCube, faithfully reproduced and displayed in high resolution. As a special bonus, this disc also contains the never-before-released Master Quest, a second journey through Ocarina of Time, with newly laid out and incredibly challenging dungeons. Only true heroes will make it through this quest alive. Moving on to the next collection on our list today was the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition, which was released on November 14th, 2003, developed and published by Nintendo. This is only on GameCube. Today, priced at 150 bucks, this game gets a perfect 10 out of 10, and it is a basically bundle of the first four console Zelda games, which was Zelda 1, Zelda 2,
2: Ocarina of Time,
1: and Majora's Mask.
2: I own this. Mm. I, I I know. This is probably, I'd say, one of the most expensive games that I own, if not the most expensive um, Uh, My parents were lucky enough to buy the GameCube console with this uh, collection with it, I guess. Uh, And it was only out for like a couple weeks i think that they included it with the gamecube and it has a big not for resale sticker on it so that's how you know it's (laughs) It's crazy (laughs) no one's ever
1: resold that Mm. game before it's wild (laughs) (laughs) so so we've talked a ton about ocarina of time already so we'll skip that for this portion and we're going to talk about majora's mask but before we jump into that i want to talk to you guys what is your opinion on zelda 1 and zelda 2 for the nes have either of you played these games before cam i know you referenced them a little bit there at the beginning
0: uh, I have played the original. Mm-hmm. I, I played it on the NES emulator on the Switch. Okay. Um, did you play the
1: entire game with a guide? <laughs> I I, di-
0: I did not use a guide, wow. but I, I streamed it, so I had OG Zelda fans in the chat <laughs> basically <laughs> acting as guides. Yeah. Right. Um, with, cons- with like a 30-second stream delay, <sighs> so a very frustrating <laughs> guide. <laughs> like, go left. No, you're, you're already way gone yeah. from where you're... It, it was very frustrating and difficult. Yeah.
1: yeah, I played I played the original Zelda game on my 3DS because when Club Nintendo shut down, uh, they basically put all of their retro games on sale with your points that you had. So one of the games I bought there was Zelda. And I played the entire game with a guide I because I needed it. That game is mm-hmm. so hard to go back to in modern day. Like, it doesn't hold your hand at all, which I know is... Not a negative part of the game, but really, like, it maybe should have. <laughs> like, at least tell
0: me what to, what my goal is here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, otherwise you're just going
2: from... What's my north what's, star, from, yeah. you know?
1: Otherwise you're just going from <laughs> screen to screen, knocking out enemies, going to another screen, knocking out enemies. Like, it doesn't tell you that you need to, you know, burn random bushes and knock down random yeah. walls to get into dungeons to... Like, there's nothing like that. And unless you had friends on the schoolyard or you subscribed to Club Nintendo Magazine or Nintendo Power Magazine... There was no way of knowing it. Yet, this game sold 6.5 million units on the NES <laughs> and is a pop culture icon. Like, the Zelda 8-bit art style is everywhere. Everybody seemingly loves
2: that, it. That cartridge alone is, is, is being replicated, you know, over and over again. And the first one, like, you know, it was the gold cartridge. And ever since then, they've they've done a lot of gold yes. um, cartridges, obviously with Majora's Mask and uh, Ocarina.
1: Yeah, it's it's an incredibly hard game to go back to. and. Cam, you're very brave for streaming that online because I played it on my <laughs> 3DS. Just, you know, one screen I had like IGN open with their guide and I'm just playing it like, okay, go in there. Going to bomb that. Yep. going to fight this boss. And then you can also capture like a moment. So if you're about to die, you can just screenshot it. And then if you die, go back to that. So you don't have to restart the game again, basically, every time you die. Yeah, Super I was
0: going to say I, I used a lot of save states. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one. Yeah. Switch emulator because it was like, I, I'm not starting this game over every time I lose my three hearts. Right. It's <laughs> incredibly frustrating. No,
2: honestly, yeah. <laughs> I, I I played it a little bit on GameCube on this collection because mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of where I got my Zelda start was was with this collection. And I, I think I played it for maybe 20 minutes. And then I was like, well, I could also just play Wind Waker on here. <laughs> maybe I'll just do yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Wind Waker demo, man. <laughs> that Wind Waker demo. And then there's also Zelda 2 on there as well, which was really when i played it i honestly thought i was playing a fan game not good, like not even mm-hmm. lying I, I did not think it was a real zelda game because i thought it might have been like um a side quest or a fan thing or something that they just added on again as a 10 year old kid i know nothing about you know zelda history right. and so when i was playing it i, I yeah like because it felt like a mario game because uh, oh. it was a side scroller and that was the only really history I had with side-scrollers was Mario. <laughs> every side-scroller so was a like, Mario game. <laughs> yeah, for a 10-year-old kid, right? <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it, it didn't sell quite as well as the first uh, Zelda game. It sold 4.4 million copies, so almost 2 million less. I have zero experience with Zelda 2. I
2: didn't play it at all. I, I, I've i never seen this higher than last <laughs> on really? list. Really? <laughs> like, wow. Like I, 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 I think every single Zelda mainline franchise list. This is always It did last. have some interesting aspects to it, though. Like, we talk about how
1: Ocarina of yeah. Time and Majora's Mask are so different. The same thing was said here, where the first Zelda game, you know, top-down, open-world exploration game, this was a 2D side-scroller combat game, similar to Castlevania, but also with an experience level-up system, like Final Fantasy. So you had magic, defense, and attack points in the game, and every time you fought enemies, you would gain experience points, and you could use those points towards leveling up your character link. Uh, in any way you wanted to. And that's something in Zelda that we haven't seen since, which... I I
2: don't think we ever will. No. Because that that, that feels very anti-Zelda. Yeah. Uh,
1: Cam, uh, did did you stream this game before or do you have any more experience with Zelda 2?
0: I have not touched (laughs) Zelda 2. After Zelda 1, a few people were like, So when are you going to do Zelda 2? Never. uh, Never. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, good call. Let's
1: let's move on then to a Zelda game that we should talk about, which is Majora's Mask, considered most Mm -hmm. to be like a cult classic of the N64 generation and one of the best sequels of all time, in my opinion. Um, Sequel to Ocarina of Time, developed in less than two years, which is wild. Uh, Sold 3.36 million copies on the N64. Gets like nines out of tens. If you wanted to pick it up today on N64, it's about 100 bucks. So this is a superb game, in my opinion.
2: It's so different. It's so unique. And it's really doing research on this game, obviously, this week was was kind of fun, too, because this feels like the odd Zelda game out uh, a lot of times, just because of of how small the world is and how kind of condensed everything is. And that was all by design, because the developers were basically told to make uh, Majora's Mask as soon as Ocarina was successful in 98. And that basically leaves them, what, a year and a half to create this yeah. game? And so right from the, the the outset, they knew that they couldn't make a, a massive open world kind of style game like, um, like Ocarina was in terms of having the huge fields and everything. So they had to kind of make basically a dungeon, like dungeons within a dungeon, which is kind of like you, you referenced that already, mm-hmm. Neil, how, you know, Clock Town is kind of like your starting dungeon and you go from yeah. there. And they also had to figure out a way to make this game long enough for people to want to play it. This was their biggest issue when they were developing the game, was that they just didn't have enough content. And this, the, the writers uh, came up with the idea to have the world reset every 72 hours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think this was just such a, a fantastic way to save on dev time <laughs> yeah. and really ingenious. Really ingenious idea, but hard to communicate. Because there was no, because there was
1: no game like this and there really hasn't been a game similar to it. I can't, I don't think I've ever played a game like Majora's Mask since then, just redoing basically Groundhog Day over and over again. (laughs) And uh, yeah, very fun game to play. Did either of you, I know you both have played it. Have either of you collected all the masks in the game? Like, have you ever 100% completed this one?
0: Yes. Yes, I have. Um... I actually, I've done it a couple times. Most recently, when I when I stream Majora's Mm -hmm. Mask, we I went for all the masks. Um, It's so much fun. It's it's a little bit of like not quite Breath of the Wild, but a little bit of that because you have to go explore Mm. and find do these little side quests to get the masks. And it makes the final boss incredibly easy. I was going to say, if you have the, uh, what
1: is it, the Fierce Deity mask, that's basically infinite win. The game is played, you can play the game by missing almost every single mask, actually. There's the three mandatory masks, which is the Deku, the Zora, and the Goron mask, which you need to progress the game. And then there's the six, uh, there's Unwearable masks, which four of them are by beating bosses. And then two of them are by completing side quests. But then there's 20 of these collectible masks that give you different power-ups and abilities to, like you said, make the game easier. You can run faster, you get stronger, you get bigger. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting. another interesting concept in Zelda that, kind of like Zelda 2, where they had like these different magic skills almost that help you level up. But hats off to you to, for finding all of those masks. I can't imagine doing that in a pre-internet era.
0: No, yeah, I used a, I used definitely the internet. Of course.
1: <laughs> Mike, Mike actually got me the Majora's Mask guide or like a magazine a few years ago. And I was like, this is great. I love Majora's Mask, but I have the internet. So it's kind of funny that you needed things like that back in the day to figure things out.
2: For me, I, I needed, you know, I needed a booklet to figure it out because when I played this in 2003, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what to do. And it was extremely hard, Mm. Uh, especially to that timer goes down pretty fast. Like you're, you're on the third day pretty quickly and you don't realize that even playing this week, getting ready for this, uh, this episode, I, I couldn't beat it. Like I couldn't get very far at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it kind of shows how well this game still holds up today and just how hard it is
0: well do you have the song of slow
2: time
1: yes there are like the songs that you learn that help you out as well as the masks so if you're just playing the game like a traditional zelda game you're it's gonna be a tough time
2: oh i know i can yeah i was, I was tra- <laughs> yes i did not have the song of slow time uh, right away i need to go and to go get that where do you get the song of slow time I honestly, I feel like a talking scarecrow tells you about it. I was going to say it's the scarecrow. Uh, There's the talking scarecrow that helps you out. Damn it. Yeah, see, I need, I just... I need to play this on Twitch and have people uh, just tell oh, me what to it do. Helps. Yeah. It helps. There were, it was a
1: it shorter than a regular Zelda game in that there were only four bosses, which was a bit of a shame compared to Ocarina of Time, which the game before that yeah. had like what six or eight bosses or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. There were some good ones, though. Like, I really like the Twin Mold boss fight, which is the one where it's like this ground worm, kind of like Tremors, where you have to fight it almost like a, one of the... Shout out the Colossus bosses. That one's very neat. Oh, yeah. I also really like the final boss in Majora's Mask. Fighting Majora's Mask was a ton of fun. Yes. yes. And yeah. before we before we close out, we also need to talk about the moon in Majora's Mask, which is just the mm-hmm. most horrifying thing in all the video games. Oh, my
2: God. Can <laughs> yep. we just talk about how scary like that... It, like, Cam, you were saying that you were scared of this game as a kid, Like, and so was I.
0: Yeah. That's probably a big reason why. Yeah, it was the moon, and it was
1: like this. this the music in the game was very sorrowful and sad, Actually a funny story leading up to when I I got the game for my birthday from my sister on N64. I was all about listening to Majora's Mask music and I would I was in school at the time and I would go to school early every morning, even on days when I didn't have classes early, and I would just be sitting in like the library listening to Majora's Mask music because it helped me focus <laughs> because it was just like slow piano, harp and then that that yeah. weird what instrument was that? Like it sounded like a bagpipe. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to describe
1: it, but it was just like this, not a bagpipe, but it sounded like that. I love the music in Majora's Mask.
2: Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, I th- that's something that we really haven't talked about too much yet is the music. Koji Kondo, uh, amazing composer for this franchise and so iconic, like every single piece of music. And a lot of it actually was written in a day, which yeah. is nuts. Uh, so he wanted to use uh, a specific... Uh, symphony i forget what what it was but from an old composer and he found out that the copyright hadn't actually expired yet (laughs) so he kind of had to last minute come up with the the main zelda theme uh uh like basically in a day wow composed it and then had to record it so uh pretty crazy and just also the fact that he was able to have all this music in on the nes that's yes. a whole other story and a whole other topic. There's a lot of great videos about how these developers were able to condense music uh, onto um onto these cartridges, which really didn't hold anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just Koji Kondo got to give a shout out to his amazing scores uh, and and each game is different. that's that's I think what really strikes a chord. yeah.
1: And every game has, like, its own. I've always loved Zelda with their incorporation of instruments, like Ocarina of Time, having an ocarina. And then Wind Waker, where you literally, like, you're a, a composer. Like, you have your little Wind Waker wand. And there's also, in like I said, with Skyward Sword, it's a fully orchestrated soundtrack. So, yeah, definitely iconic in video game soundtracks.
2: I forgot that that in like in Wind Waker, there's also music and like yeah, there's also you know playing here with the Wind Waker. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I hadn't, hadn't played it for a long time, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's right." Like basically, every Zelda game has some kind of musical instrument that you can play, and I really can't think of any other franchise that uses musical instruments in the way that Zelda does. Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Zelda Guitar Hero. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh. So Cam, you had uh, a favorite and least favorite um, areas of Ocarina. Do you have the same for Majora's Mask?
0: Oh, boy. Um, okay, let's see. So Majora's Mask. The Water Temple from Ocarina uh, of Time
1: was my least favorite part of Majora's Mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it carried over. There, there was probably...
0: I mean, probably the Water Temple. Let me think. That's where you become the Zora guy. Yeah, swimming mm. again uh, hard. I don't think yeah. the Water Temple was that bad... as bad, but I mean, nothing is as bad. <laughs> um, you know what? I think... Uh, you know what? This is... Here's a hot take. I think the Goron place was both my favorite and least favorite because it's a really cool idea. Like it's all frozen and but it was so frustrating. Like I remember rolling around trying to find that like the the old Goron for so long because he's hidden (laughs) under snow. But then I love the I love the temple and I love the boss. Yeah. So I'm gonna say the area, Goron area pre-beating boss was my least favorite, but Goron Temple was my favorite temple I
2: think you you saying rolling around looking for the guy in the snow that just gave me like crazy deja vu I'm like picturing it in my head I was like oh yeah that was so stupid (laughs)
0: where the hell is he and then you leave him for five actually just one little note on that because I remember I finally found him I uh like did the hot water on him or whatever so he's free And I was like, okay, he's slow. I'll meet him back at the place. Nope. If you leave him, he gets caught in snow again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with him? What's he doing? Why's he
1: out there? Move, man. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things I love about um, Majora's Mask, too, is it was one of the first times that I remember noticing a Mario reference in a Zelda game. And Mario and Zelda have actually always had sort of this cross-pollination, if you will, where you'll see references to Zelda in Mario, and you see Mario references in Zelda, And in this one, the mask salesman has on his backpack of masks, you see a mask that looks like Mario.
0: Right. yeah. it's got the mustache and
1: his face and everything that's there. And then there's tons of stuff like that, which I I love. Like, there's just those little Easter eggs that you find um, are very fun. And Majora's Mask was one of the first times of my experience noticing that. All right, that's probably good for uh, the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition. Mike, you own this game, so give us some ASMR of that case and then read the back of it. Okay, well. Oh, I love that sound.
2: (laughs) <laughs> mm. that's me taking out the disc okay. uh, put it put it back in I, uh, oh. <laughs> don't snap <Ooh>. the disc <laughs> all right so uh actually before i read the back of the case i have a great special offer here oh uh that says subscribe today to receive a free legend of zelda collector's edition players guide <gasps> uh, for nintendo power so i think i can probably subscribe to nintendo power yeah. Wow, Uh, completely completely defunct service but yeah you can try (laughs) they have a phone number on the back i should probably call yeah probably should (laughs) before that read the back of the case for us (laughs) Uh, the ultimate zelda collection and uh so there's a lot of words on here obviously because it's it's got it's got it's describing each Mm -hmm. one uh, but I can do kind of short versions of each one sure. here. Legend of Zelda, play the game that launched the legend. Zelda 2, uh, while adhering to the mag- majestic story and puzzle-solving elements of the Legend of Zelda, the second game in the series expands on the action sequences and introduces a new magic system. Ocarina of Time, Zelda moved into three dimensions with gorgeous cinematics, hordes of hostile enemies, the revolutionary targeting system, and the freedom of traveling on horseback. Majora's Mask... The series again takes a dramatic turn from tradition as Link wanders into a three-day journey in a mysterious parallel world. Majora's Mask challenges players to save a town threatened to be crushed under a menacing moon. They picked very good screenshots for Zelda 1 and 2, terrible ones for Ocarina of Time and
1: Majora's Mask.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And also in the back here it does say includes a playable demo of Wind Waker, um, which I played to death. As I said earlier on, but uh, we're we're saving,
1: we're saving the Wind Waker talk for next week when we cover it. But for the rest of this episode, Cam, this, uh, this is going to be all about you. You're a Twitch streamer, which Mm. we have not had on our show before. So tell us a little bit about your channel. Like what, what sort of games do you play? Do you switch? Do you you keep towards one specific genre or are you just a Nintendo, um, streamer? Um, go for it. Tell us a little bit about your show.
0: Sure. Um, awesome. OK, yeah. So I I don't have what I guess people, a lot of Twitch streamers have like a main game they play to death. Right. Um, I basically, I do like f- three or four different games each week. I always have a Zelda game on the go. Okay. Um, Good. So Good. I've worked through from OG Zelda all the way up to Breath of the Wild now. Um, I'm also revisiting some older games, which I guess maybe you would appreciate. I'm redoing like the old Mario games that I never played. Uh, so at at this current moment, I'm playing Mario Galaxy for the first time and really enjoying that.
3: Nice.
0: Um, weekends are for community stuff. So, uh, usually on Saturdays, I'll co-stream with a friend of mine and we'll play a new game. So some of those games would be like the untitled goose game on the Xbox, which is just, I don't know if you know of it. It's, you're a goose. (laughs) It's ludicrous. Um, or... Fogs, which is physics dogs, where you are two heads on a, a dog, but it's like a it's like a worm, but it's what? like two dogs. It's disgusting, but also really funny. Cool. Um, and then Sundays you usually do community games. I found that's a good way to like get people uh, involved, and there are several games you can play where people just have to interact through the chat, um, so they don't have to download anything. And, and people seem to people seem to like it, mm-hmm. so uh, it's pretty consistent on that. Um, you know level week to week try to throw in some themed stuff like on Mondays my partner and I do a stream called makeup mondays so she does a makeup look from the game i'm playing people eat that up oh okay um, that's what that was so, so i was i was checking out your yeah. instagram page
1: earlier today and i was like is this the right page because it was just it was just, <laughs> it was just like this makeup tutorial page and then occasionally you so it was just a quick switch yeah. that those are really cool man i love that, really that stuff funny.
0: yeah people like her look, uh, Shayna's looks. So you're, you're pretty. Uh, you're
1: a pretty good-looking dude too. <laughs> oh, get out! Of here. Uh, uh,
0: well, thanks. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's like I don't know. It's um, it's cool. Definitely something I would never have thought about starting before. You know, I lost my job and had nothing to do all day every day. Right. Yep. Um, but I'm you know I'm glad to be doing it, and I've met a lot of great people. Uh, you know, similar interests right off the bat. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's definitely a hobby moving into like. I don't know if you'd refer to it as a side hustle, but um, it does give a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, supplementary income as well, nice. which is which is always a bonus.
1: That's key. I, I, you said that you don't really have, like, a game that you play, but you it sounds like you're playing Zelda, so I think that would be your, your game for now. That's least. true. I know that that will run out. That's not like an all, you know, you can't play that forever, but Breath of the Wild you arguably could. Um, <laughs>
0: Breath of the Wild is almost forever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> almost. I'm not a huge Twitch guy. Like, I... I heard about Twitch years ago with, I think I first heard about it with the Pokemon thing where like everyone was playing Pokemon together. Do you know? Yes. Where like everyone was basically inputting commands for their player, uh, red and blue, I guess it was, and they beat the game playing like that. And it was just a, just like watching a seizure on screen, to put it lightly. (laughs) Uh, That was the first time I really heard about Twitch. And then I know that there's a whole bunch of, you know, you can watch your favorite players play games. That's just not... Really, what I'm into, but it, no disrespect. I know it's a huge industry, and it looks like you're doing a great job over there. You've developed quite the following. Oh, Mike sent me. I think Mike was it. Was it Cam's channel when you were playing Yoshi's Island? Is that you?
0: I I did play Yoshi's Island, yes. and I 100 percented it. I will add beautiful. Ooh, yes, I, I love yes. Yoshi's Island. I didn't
1: 100 percent it. I think there was one level that I couldn't get one of the flowers or something random like that it's the actually
2: game. hard to 100 it, so <laughs> it takes a lot of work
1: Yoshi's island safe state baby mm, yep. yeah that's what you need i 100 percented yoshi's woolly world on wii u and switch sorry wii u and 3ds and then yoshi's crafted world on switch
2: um we're very upset that there's no uh, uh yoshi game for the gamecube i think that's where the gamecube really falls falls flat <laughs> true that would
1: have saved it yeah that definitely would have saved yeah. it but uh yeah kim uh, what's coming up on your channel uh on your twitch channel Soon, do you have anything that you'd like to announce? This episode will be going live on March
0: 18th. Well, uh, actually, on April 18th. Oh, okay. Is my one year on Twitch, so I don't have like specific plans yet. But mm-hmm. there, it's gonna be it's gonna be a party. It's gonna be a party.
2: I'll be there. Um, we'll be there. Yeah, yeah. we we'll you know,
0: <laughs> you know, giveaways, uh, audience interaction. Maybe I don't know a balloon,
2: <laughs> <laughs> one balloon. A singular <laughs> one balloon, one balloon.
0: <laughs> but uh, definitely some fun stuff. I haven't thought um, that far ahead, okay. but I know something will happen. Cool, sure. And sure.
1: your current schedule yeah. on Twitch, your weekly, daily. What? Uh, when can people go and watch you play?
0: current schedule, um, which seems to be what's going to be working for the next little while, are Mondays and Fridays uh, for the games, and then community stuff on Saturdays and Sundays.
1: Okay. Cool. Nice. Very good.
2: Well, Cam, I do have one last thing to to talk about, and it's the fact that you said when I started this podcast, in one of our first episodes... I said that I hate the N64. Mm. And you said that you were going to rectify that and uh, you're going to you're going to fight me on that. So Oh, is it, is, here, I here, here is this I am. the first I ever GameCube was Cool
1: podcast debate? Is this what's happening? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh god, I'm not prepared for a debate.
1: <laughs> Just defend the N64
0: in 10 words or less. <laughs> yeah. Minus the controller. It's pretty great. Okay, I think that's eight words. <laughs> Please. Nine.
2: <laughs> <Mike>. <laughs> Ten words. okay yeah there you go defense. um thank you don't minus the controller <laughs> it is reason why bad <laughs> yeah,
1: wow he's so eloquent this is poetry pure poetry here ladies and gentlemen
2: is was that a haiku does that count Ooh. as a haiku <laughs> that's Maybe. <laughs> That's no what we should knows. we should do. We should next time you come on, we'll have to um, defend or have a debate about the N sixty four with haikus only.
1: No one would listen to that. I'm counting, <laughs> um, <I'm>
0: counting <laughs> syllables
2: now. Oh man! Well, Cam, will you do that? Uh, thank you so much for coming on the
1: show today. This was a thank ton you of, for having this me. This was a ton of fun. Uh, we love Zelda. It sounds like you do too. And if anybody out there wants to go and check you out, uh, why don't you let the listeners know your handle on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is? Um,
0: sure, it's uh, it's all the same. For convenience across all platforms, it's pronounced C-P-O-X. It's spelled C-P-A-W-X. C-Pox. CPOX. Love it.
2: C-P-O-X. Like chicken. Yeah, like we chicken box. Be... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> pretty
2: much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Cam, and we will see you next week because you're going to be on again for Winwaker. Woohoo! Well, thank you for having me. I can't wait to come back.
1: And we'll see you next week.
2: What a nice young man! What a nice young man. Thank you, Cam, for coming on. Cam is probably. The biggest Zelda fan mm-hmm. I know, okay. I would say he hes you know, he has that beautiful Triforce yes. tattoo, which is pretty awesome. So I, I can't say that I have a Triforce tattoo. So he clearly beats me in Zelda love.
1: Yeah, no, definitely a great, great guy to have on the show to talk about Zelda. Obviously, he's got his Twitch channel there, so he's an expert on the topic. It was kind of a tough thing to think about how to approach this episode because we were going to be talking about Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time a ton, and these games have been reviewed to death, so we tried to kind of come at it at a different angle, more just with our memories. If you want to find more facts about the games, they're out there on a billion different YouTube channels, Um, (laughs) so go out and find those there. Uh, But Mike, before we close out the episode, I want to know if you could recommend, since usually at the end of the shows, we recommend a game for people to pick up. uh, These two games obviously are are a little bit different because uh, they're collections and they're obviously great. But if you could recommend one 3D Zelda game and one 2D Zelda game to the listeners to try and pick up, since most of these games are
2: fairly accessible, uh, which two would you recommend? Oh, man. Well, so you said one 3D, one 2D? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean Breath of the Wild I think is just the the best and you can do everything in it and it really just ties the whole franchise together so nicely. It has elements of all of them. It's it's honestly the perfect game in my opinion. Uh, so I think Breath of the Wild is probably the best thing to pick up okay. whether you're a Zelda fan or not. Honestly, um, Wind Waker would probably be my second pick, just because it's very accessible, very easy to start right. playing. Um, where I, I honestly feel Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and Ocarina are all actually kind of tough to start, hmm. okay. uh, just in my opinion. But uh, for a 2D Zelda game, I would definitely recommend either Link to the or Link Between Worlds, uh, which is an amazing, amazing okay. game, or the new Link's Awakening, which yes. is so so well done and. It's it's really cool. I never played Link's Awakening on Game Boy. Okay. Never had it. It was, you know, it was before our time, yeah. right? Uh, but it was really cool to play it and then watch footage of the old game and just... The, how they did it was just unbelievable mm-hmm. to take something that is so, you know, no color or anything yeah. really. Uh, very, very 8-bit kind of style artwork, you know, and only so much for these designers to go yeah. off of. They made an amazing atmosphere and an amazing mm-hmm. world.
1: Link's Awakening is a great choice. I love Link's Awakening. Good choice of a 2D Zelda game. And up until a few years ago when it came out on Switch was sort of a hidden gem or just an underrated Zelda game that wasn't getting talked about. I played the Game Boy Color version where they did add color in Link's Awakening DX. That would actually be the 2D Zelda game I think I would suggest, believe it or not, is the I love the Game Boy Color version. I actually prefer it to the Switch version. Even though it is a bit cumbersome, you have to switch items because you only had two buttons. So you're constantly switching your sword (laughs) out for your bow, for your shield, for your... Etc. Makes it a little tough to go back to. I I can see that. But for me, I love... Link's Awakening on Game Boy Color and then my 3D recommendation is actually going to have to be Ocarina of Time I, okay, yeah. I disagree in that it's a hard game to go back to I think it, it's good that it holds your hand just enough it's just challenging enough It the graphics have aged good enough that playing it on a 3DS in 2020 you're going to be fine you'll get what's going on Breath of the Wild kind of jumps into that uh, zone of being too a little too obscure to follow what's going on, especially if you don't have any history with Zelda. I don't know how it would mm-hmm. feel because I don't have that perspective of what it's like for that to be your first Zelda game ever. And it would also ruin your opinion on every other zelda game before it (laughs) because you're going to expect (laughs) that experience so i think if your first experience of a 3d zelda game it has to be something pre breath of the wild so that eventually you can lead up to breath of the wild and see what it's like otherwise it's going to be impossible if nintendo eventually does go back to that uh to that format of collecting pieces and fighting ganon at the end it's going to be difficult to go back when you're not going to 200 shrines and fighting divine beasts i think you need to know that original zelda format before you graduate to the new one
2: that's fair. That's a fair yeah. point. Yep. I'm, I'm glad we have different views yeah. on this Yeah. Hey, we're not going to have uh, the same
1: opinion on everything. Otherwise, it's not going to be that, a fun
2: conversation. It's pretty, pretty boring. Yeah. I also agree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of podcasts out there. Oh, you know, God. I'm not going to n- name names, but uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there that do that. And we don't no, like not that at all. We're, we're all about, you know, mixing up the mm-hmm. mold. Oh, no,
1: 100%. <laughs> and, of course, our regularly closing segment, we like to talk about where a franchise is going
2: with Nintendo – Obviously Where is it going? Obviously now? Zelda's Where's over Zelda Obviously it's over. It sucks. Nintendo hates it. We all hate it. Just well don't. so as far as I know, the last game was the Wind Waker demo. That's oh. what I've I've garnered from this from this
1: episode. <laughs> hey man, according to the GameCube, there was uh, Twilight Princess would have been the last one. But no, I mean Zelda's obviously going to continue on Nintendo. We're not gonna pretend like we know what's going to happen, but we're gonna get more Zelda games.
2: And we will be talking about the future of Zelda next mm. week. In the Wind Waker episode, Neil.
1: Yes, Mike, let's let listeners know what's happening next week on episode 42 of the Game Cube School
2: podcast. Well, if you can believe it, Neil, episode 42 is going to be the 18th anniversary of the release of A Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker.
1: Jeez, I can't believe it's been 18 years, man.
2: 18 years, 18 Mm -hmm. years, so we're doing a big celebration for that. Obviously, it's also Zelda's 35th anniversary, Mm -hmm. so that's a whole other celebration to have too, but that's why we're trying to have this nice Zelda week, weeks, I guess, and the the Wind Waker episode is going to be two parts. Uh, We're going to be having... Part 1 on Wednesday, which is the 18th anniversary Mm -hmm. of Zelda The Wind Waker. And then we have part two coming out the next day which is our regular scheduled programming on a Thursday right so tune in on Wednesday and Thursday (laughs) yeah we're gonna be two
1: (laughs) days next week so mark your calendars we will have two episodes going live the Wind Waker is of course a classic amongst Mike and I we talked about at the top of the show it's our both of our second favorite 3D Zelda games so we're gonna have a lot of praise for it looking forward to talking to all of our friends about it it's gonna be a blast
2: we decided a three-hour episode (laughs) is probably not great yeah
1: so (laughs) respect your time and if you decide you want to jump into the second part later it makes it a little easier if the There's a split it's going to be a bit of a bittersweet episode for me just because i think that wind waker is the clear turning point in the gamecube's life cycle in that i feel like it's a steady decline after wind waker we're going to talk about that more next week so just a little sneak peek But more to come on episode
2: 42. Yeah, no, can't wait for that. Mm.
1: Can't wait for that. But ladies and gentlemen, until then, this was episode 41 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Help Mike and Neil complete their Crazy Bone collections. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram at the GameCubePod. Check out our website, and Share us with your friends, family. Tell Ganondorf Mike says hi. Thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week.
3: Ah!
1: Listen. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what
2: happens when you think inside the box. GameCube. That's my, that's my link uh, when he, he falls into the fire. Oh, okay. In yeah, Wind, it's Wind a, Waker. It's a horrible ah! scream. <laughs> Sounds bad. <laughs>